0: and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is the show about everything mountain biking, from equipment to trail guides and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, joined as always by Tom Bell. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, Colin. Good to speak to you. Good. You too. You too. Uh, so, I yeah, I, I'm just thinking back to... The, the last episode it was good fun talking to all the maintenance staff. I hope yeah. if you uh, if you missed out on the last episode, go back and check out all of our tips around uh, bike maintenance, how to get into fixing your bike, all the places to go to find bike maintenance tips. Um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing around actually. I've been setting up my garage in the last week because I just moved house and I'm setting up my stand and everything. Cool. So um, I'm currently trying to get back into the big maintenance groove I've not been um, doing a lot of it recently because my last house the garage was a wee bit difficult to get rid of and set up but it wasn't oh. as big now we've got a double garage so it's going to be a luxurious maintenance space
1: nice nice <laughs>
0: I was actually I was playing around with a masonry drill, trying to uh, uh, screw some stands and mounts and stuff into the walls. So I've now got about six bikes up in the walls, which makes such a difference.
1: Oh, it's cool! That's a good grip. Creates so much space when you can actually uh, store them in an efficient manner.
0: Yeah, yeah. What uh, What does your storage, your bike storage place, look like?
1: yeah so we we live uh, or I live in an apartment but actually we when we when we bought the apartment it came with a gigantic storeroom on the other side of the corridor and uh, the, the storerooms actually I think it's bigger in floor space than our actual uh living apartment <laughs> right. um so we've got uh, i've just got a crazy amount of space to work with so i've got one kind of area of the uh storeroom set up as kind of bike bike maintenance yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the bike maintenance hub so i've got again like you said stuff on the walls with it all uh segmented into different little uh containers and then a bike stand so yeah, yeah, yeah. for for apartment living i've got quite a good uh Quite a
0: good setup, actually. That's brilliant. Yeah. So that, that I don't, I can't even think what that. Looks. So you've got a separate room outside of your apartment, but it's not like a garage or anything like that. It's just a.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's on. We're on the top floor. Then yeah. we've got uh, on one side of the corridor is just the door into our apartment, and yeah. then on the other side, um yeah. When we when we bought it, the the guy who owned the flat before us. Um, had the opportunity after it bought the apartment yeah. to buy this storeroom, which ah, was just an so empty space.
0: Separate. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. So it was separate and then it, uh, it got sold together. So we yeah, bought yeah. both at the same time. Perfect. And, uh, so we've, we've got the apartment kind of minimalist and just, just yeah. the kind of very basics. And then we've got all that kind of clutter and, uh, and food yeah. larder and all that sort of stuff in that the, is- uh, in the story, that is unusual
0: great. for a flat, isn't it? That's uh, it is. It's about
1: <laughs> it's about as close to having a garage, you know, yeah. on a sort of top floor apartment uh, as, as you can get. So <laughs> uh, that's kind of why we bought the place, and yeah. that's why it's worked out really well for because my, my girlfriend's got um lots of bikes and lots of running kit and all this other <laughs> yeah. stuff as well so we can keep that away from uh where we yeah. sort of live
0: on a day-to-day basis it's good, to, yeah. good to have a dirty store
1: <laughs> that's it it is yeah yeah as well
0: how do you do you have a uh, how do you mount your how do you store them do you have like racks up in the walls do you have uh, racks in the floor what do you do well, just
1: just because the the space is so cavernous, we've just yeah. got the bikes kind of lent up against the back wall, yeah. just, in, just in a line, and then um, just round the corner, I've got a little area with the uh, with the bike stand. So typically, one bike's in that stand kind of all the time, yeah. and yeah. Um, and yeah, all the all the tools and that kind of thing, and bike bags and everything are all just kind of uh, tucked away. So um, yeah, work, works great.
0: Cool. I I was looking into storage. A uh, method I suppose storage solutions just recently yeah. because of, because of the garage thing, um figuring out how to get maximum use for our space and I found this mm. way to do it it's, It was really cool. I was going to do it, but it turns out it doesn 't really work in my garage, but it would work for most places, which was I thought it was pretty ingenious it was you know normally you get racks that go up in the wall and basically the bike is just hanging down um And the trouble you have is that the handlebars are way wider than the bottom of the bike. So you're kind of, you've got a lot of wasted space Mm. in amongst there. The way they did it was that they had, if you imagine, I'll try and describe this, I wonder if it'll work. You imagine you've got, um, all you've got is two little, maybe six inch by six inch, Uh, thin wooden blocks and they are stuck to so flat flat wooden blocks but they're a square of wood bolted into the wall so all it is is like it sticks out just maybe an inch and it's maybe six inches across and it only needs to be a few inches high actually so it's just this rectangle bolted to the wall and then above that by the height of the bike really you've just got a, a decent little cable and a hook bolted to the wall as well and all you do is you put the bike up on you've got two of these two of these blocks, both the wall, wheel width apart, put the wheels onto those blocks so that the bike is kind of slanted out a little bit, hook it yeah. onto the the crossbar, and then the bike basically the wheels sit on those blocks right against the wall. The bike hangs out a little bit based on this hook holding it up so yeah. that the handlebars are just contacting with the wall. But the thing with this is that suddenly you can have them overlapping (laughs) so you can have three bikes vertically because because the wheels are stuck in right against the wall that can be like at the height of the pedals of the bike below it yeah because they yeah, they basically yeah because the the width is the handlebars but if you hang the handlebars out from the wall then the wheels are in on the wall then actually they can be like they can be really heavily overlapping all the way up the wall so even on a, a relatively low wall height you can get three bikes set not in yeah. yeah and it makes it seem to make a really big difference my trouble is my garage is actually really low so it's not much it's like only a foot higher than head height so it actually didn't save much space but see Mm. if if you have a bit of a higher wall it seemed like it was a great way and a flat for example with a big a high ceiling you could get three bikes four bikes vertically Mm. really easily so yeah just thought i'd uh, tell people that yeah yeah (laughs) i just thought it was pretty ingenious
1: I always like looking on uh, things like Pinterest, you know, uh, at bike storage solutions. You can always find some some really yeah. ingenious uh, ways <laughs> that people have crammed a ridiculous amount of bikes into a small space. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. there's I, always I think some that's good... exactly
0: where I found it, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's full of that sort of stuff. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, I'll update on uh, garage progress as it goes. <laughs> I'm, uh, currently installing the, uh, the Turbo Trainer setup with the uh, Tax Neo as well. So it's got the TV and stuff set up so I can do my Zwifting. And... Um but yeah it's it's good fun playing around just uh setting it up as a a wee play space for yeah, maintenance yeah. and and training and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but for this episode I thought be quick quickly go on to go through a few plans um we've got for later in the year uh, certainly stuff that I've been planning larger trips and I was curious to ask you as well. Yeah. Um because There's something I just it occurred to me the other day. I want to try and get away, or I'd been looking at events, so I was curious. To, I was keen to do an event, something a bit bigger, something a decent challenge. Uh, my brother and I did Relentless 24 last year, for example, to uh, like an overnight or away full weekend where you do a 24 yeah. hour race. Um, and it's I really enjoy the atmosphere of these things, the kind of just it's something to look forward to, something to go away and do, come back, and you remember it. It's, it's just good fun. Uh, and I'd been looking into events to do and it just there's nothing quite fitting in time wise this time around and also um I don't know that the prices seem to be rising quite rapidly for mm. these kind of things as well there's a lot of these events even if it's just a one day thing tend to be going over a hundred quid now uh to take part in so both of those things were making me think twice about signing up for <laughs> yeah. anything even though I see them and it's making me realize that actually uh It's just that we could easily recreate this on our own. So I started asking my friends about um, the possibility of just organising a weekend where we just decide to do something ourselves, like a challenge ourselves. For example... um, a few years back, six, seven years ago, me and two pals did uh, Coast to Coast in Scotland. So we started off over on of uh, Lochalsh uh, and it was a four day trip with um, four legs, four full day legs with overnighters yeah. and hostels. So basically it was point to point from hostel to hostel across country. Uh, and it was, I, I actually ended up, it was kind of around the time I was having a lot of trouble with my uh, ITB and stuff and uh, knee mm. problems. So I only made it the first day, which was gutting. But my two pals made it right across the country, four days. And they said it was amazing. That first day, certainly, that I made it through was great. So cool. just stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm currently trying to figure out a challenge that we can do over a weekend. So it'd be one overnight, um, just two days. That I can convince four or five of my friends to come along on. Uh and there's a few things I'm looking at. Um maybe Inverness and a loop up around the sort of North Highlands, or possibly maybe over the Cairngorms, uh, Aberdeen mm. to sort of inner Scotland. So certainly actually if there's anyone out there listening, if you can think of any good challenges like a two-day, uh a two-day thing, or maybe three days we could squeeze in. I'm not sure. Let me know. Get in touch. Uh you can tweet at the podcast host or you can email uh, Colin at mountainbikespart.com. Uh, but any thoughts, Tom, Have you, anything you've done in that, that sense or anything you've heard of that you'd like to do?
1: um i i would definitely like to do uh I, I, to be honest i haven't really done anything that's stretched over more than sort of one day i've done some fairly mm-hmm. sort of epic um marathon races yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing um that have ended up being sort of six hours in the pouring rain and that kind of thing but um I, there's, there's lots of stuff once i'm kind of finished with with training seriously and racing that i'd like to do um there's certainly stuff you know like uh multiple day stuff on the mountain bike and then i think i'd quite like to do some uh you know ultra running and some of the big uh ultra races um in the uh in the alps and that kind of thing that that sort of stuff i keep i keep fairly um up on that side of uh that that sport Mm. and i keep trying to keep updated with all the sort of major players there and um yeah that's something i'd quite like to look at sort of in the future if uh if I'm not
0: blown out by then kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. if you still have knees running. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, That's cool. I suppose it must be, is it quite hard to fit something like that in, in terms of your training and uh, training blocks and stuff like that, if it was more than one day?
1: Yeah, it is. It's, um, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it's I, I don't really have that much uh that much sort of leeway yeah. um if I'm trying to uh, perform as well as I can sure, at this the sort season, of select yeah. events that I'm already doing. Yeah. So um it might be one for a few a few years down the line, but I'd love to do some stuff like that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for there's, sure.
0: There's one called the um the Highland Five Fifty, which is intriguing me right now. I haven't looked into yeah. it totally in full yet, but my brother had mentioned it. He's he's a bit of an endurance uh uh, event freaky does like ironman races uh, a few yeah. times a year and stuff like that. so he's he's mental already looking at doing the so the the west island way run is a crazy mm-hmm. one it's like i don't know exactly what it is it's something like a 100 miles and people try and do it over a weekend on foot so that's like you're talking about your ultra running that's something like that and he's been talking about doing that but yeah um Highland 550 I believe Is about 550k Which is what it's named for Around the Highlands uh, That people do In all sorts of different lengths So some people try and do it In say five days um, And some people just do it As an odyssey Where they take three weeks Or whatever And just do it a bit more relaxed It's just (laughs) a It's an adventure But it's fun (laughs) Rather than Killing yourself Yeah Um, That's something I would love Something like that I'd love to do I I would harbour no hopes Of doing it In a record time Or anything like that But I would like to take some like a week and just um do a a bike packing adventure I suppose it is isn't it if you're unless you're managing to go between hostels or hotels and doing it slightly more luxuriously but you yeah take a take a tent
1: yeah no I think the uh, the whole bike packing thing's really taken off uh, in the last few years yeah. and um you know you see this emergence of gravel bikes adventure bikes yeah um just kind of blurring the blurring the lines between a mountain bike and a road bike and um <laughs> You know, just putting the packs on and just going out for a big, uh, a big adventure over a few days. I, yeah. I'd really like to do that sort of stuff um, yeah. at some point. And, yeah, uh, I'm sure a few listeners have done it. So
0: absolutely, yeah, definitely, yeah. If you've if you've done anything like that, if you've been a back bike packer, you have any particular challenges you've done? If you can think of a good. A good challenge for either for myself or Tom or even just uh, other listeners, then let us know, get in touch. Let me know what you've done, what you know of, ones you want to try in future. Again, podcast, the podcast host on Twitter, Colin at uh, com on email. Be great to hear, um, get some tips for something to do in the future. Um they actually, I've had a question from a listener about bikepacking, so it's definitely someone I've got on the list to cover in depth. I want to get somebody on that does it a lot, because obviously I don't really have much experience with it. I don't think you do either, Tom, do you? I so don't,
1: know. I don't. I'd love yeah. to hear from an expert at that yeah. point. Yeah,
0: so I want to get somebody on. And I've discovered that there's somebody that actually went to school with my wife uh, in Inverness that writes a blog on it and does a lot of it. She just completed the Highland 550, funnily enough. Oh, perfect. So I might be able to get her on the show, but I won't mention... Um names are in yet to not disappoint people if I can't, but yeah, hopefully that'll be coming up in the next few episodes with any luck. But anyway, right, let's get on to the listener question for the show. This was something that came in from Benjamin. Now I'm probably gonna pronounce this wrongly. Benjamin Lung. So it's spelled L-E-U-N-G. Lung? Lung. lung yeah. Lung,
1: I, lung maybe. Yeah. Lung.
0: Benjamin Lung. Okay, let's go with that. Sorry, Benjamin, if I'm getting that entirely wrong. Uh but here is his question. Um, actually, all it is, it is. What are the benefits of stand pedalling when biking? Nice and brief. That's the kind of question you can send us via Twitter. What are the benefits of stand pedalling when biking? So what would you say, Tom? Um, what are the reasons you might stand up to pedal? When would you not yeah. stand up to pedal? Let's, uh, let's delve into this. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, as, as mountain bikers, um, standing up on the pedals and, and pedaling kind of out the saddle is quite, um, it's something that you'll spend quite a lot of time doing if you, uh, if you go out sort of on any kind of ride really. And, um, I would say the key the key benefits are that you can. Um, that it's much better to stand on the pedals if you're trying to put out a, a big surge of power, sort of over a shorter a shorter period of time. So if sure. you've got a, a little steep incline of maybe fifty, hundred meters that you want to sort of power up and keep your momentum, mm. y- standing on the pedals and just using more of your body's weight to push down on the pedals is generally a much better way of uh generating that power you can also uh lever the bike with your arms a lot more than you can if you're if you're sat in the saddle as well yeah, yeah. so yeah the first thing that pops into my head is kind of power generation mm-hmm. over a so, so, so a little sprint or a, a surge of power um really lends itself to or standing on the pedals lends itself to that
0: yeah yeah so on the other side i suppose talking about downsides then that you i totally agree that's I mean, you're trying to get up a super steep bit. You tend to, I tend to jump out of the saddle and like, yeah, you try and sprint up it. But uh, that's when you start losing traction, isn't it? Yeah, Um, yeah. So, but then on the other hand, so there's two sides to that, isn't there? You stand up to to pedal and sometimes you would do that in part to balance. So if it's a super steep part of the trail, you actually lean right forward over the handlebars um, so you don't fall backwards because on a really steep bit, you can feel like you're falling backwards a little bit. Yeah, exactly. But on the other hand, that's taken weight off the back wheel, isn't it? So you gain less traction and because you're stand pedaling, you're kind of, you're, what do you call it? What would you call it technically when your when your pedal stroke is not even? Is it because you're suddenly you're you're putting power in on two bits of the pedal stroke and not on the other? Yeah. So suddenly it's it's much more jerky, isn't
1: it? It's jerky, isn't it? Yeah, and then that uh, the wheel then doesn't go around in a sort of uh,
0: smooth sort of
1: way as well. So you get those kind of dead spots that, yeah. uh, and that's when you kind of start to lose traction. So you, you right, well, then. it's it's about kind of weighing up the the. The traction that you have underfoot. So if it's really muddy, it's just slick mud. You know, you're going to have to sit down um, just to maintain traction on that rear yeah. wheel. But if it's a fairly, if if it's fairly um, hard pack, it's not too sort of uh, loose or or anything like that. Then generally, you you could get out the saddle and just use that extra power to keep your momentum and and hopefully that should uh, should stop you losing traction and that kind of thing. But it's always a case of uh, weighing it up, kind of on a hill-per-hill basis, really.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned, uh, when we were having a quick chat before, about um, sort of posture, back pain, that kind of stuff. Does that mm. comment it?
1: Yeah, I think uh, just just shifting your position around just uses different muscles so mm-hmm. certainly around the back and the core and and as well uh, as your legs as well so it's mm. it's just spreading the load a little bit more i guess um just so you don't get too fatigued being in, in one position um and i find if you if you sort of stand up on the on the saddle and stand tall it can help to stretch your back out a little bit which can uh you know, it's quite common to get lower back pain as a mountain biker when you when you sat down a lot, and um, yeah. so I guess it helps alleviate that as well.
0: Yeah, I've I've come across. Um some people who claim in fact one is particularly it's a guy uh, named james wilson who does a podcast he used to do a podcast does he still do one oh he is
1: he the guy that does um is it bike james Is yes it the site that that's does it, exactly the, uh, yeah strength stuff
0: yeah yeah bike james yeah he's um he's all about his kind of thing is mountain bike strength so it's uh, mm-hmm. a lot of strength training that helps with your biking too and he um has is a big advocate of standing pedaling um now apologies James if you're listening and I'm getting this slightly wrong but I believe I remember from year, a couple of years back listening to a few of your shows that you kind of claimed that actually even on the on the easy bits just standing up to pedal can be a big benefit partly from a strength point of view partly from helping your knees. So there's a, an article he wrote um, the number one reason while standing, why standing pedaling is better for your knees than seated pedaling. So he's saying it, it Reduces knee pain as well Knee problems too Mm. Uh, And it was something along the lines of um, So he says when you stand up You get a co-contraction Between the quads and the hamstrings to stabilise the knee joint uh, and it's a huge factor in knee health, he claims. Uh, I say he claims, I, d- I have no deep reason to distrust him but I'm just saying it's not, <laughs> uh, I don't know the background of this so I, I'm not going to say it's 100% but um, I'm going to bow to James's knowledge there. But yeah, that's, um, and when when you sit down you remove full knee extension, pressure from the equation your knee uh the pressure on your knee acts very differently so so yeah that's another possibility it helps bit with knee pain too
1: Mm, i think another slight disadvantage um yeah i'm I'm not i'm not 100 sure um if uh if james is correct there just from my own personal experience but I, i would say i would say quite quite often um uh, cadence is uh-huh. is quite important especially for, for for knee pain so keeping a trying to keep a high cadence is always going to um be slightly more efficient than kind of mashing the gears yeah. and um one of the things that you it is particularly difficult when you're sort of stood um, on the on the pedal, so standing standing mm-hmm. pedaling is is maintaining a sort of relatively fast cadence. Generally speaking, you'll be quite uh, the cadence will be quite slower when you're out the saddle. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's just a case of using using both seated and standing in the situations where each one kind of has its benefits, and just yeah. um, using both techniques just to like we've said, just use different muscles, um, ease your back, and then um, when you want to inject a little bit of power and and that kind of thing just mm-hmm. just using it for what it's um what what it's particularly particularly good for
0: yeah 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 i mean I, yeah exactly like you say mix it up sometimes you feel like just standing to to take pressure off your ass for example yeah definitely definitely yeah <laughs> that's
1: that's one thing it's very good for is uh <laughs> taking pressure off uh you know if you sat in the saddle for for, for hours at a time yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone finds that particularly comfortable so, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Do you know the, what, the one actually occurs to me too That um, I kind of I almost wouldn't mention Because it feels like it's obvious But standing up when you're on uh, More technical complex climbs When you actually need to get a bit more balance And I've seen people do this Like they're climbing They're just spinning the pedals fast They're going up over bumps and jumps And not jumps, uh, steps yeah. Uh, and they they kind of tip over because they're sitting down and they just don't have Ooh. the same movement but if you stand up pedaling you've actually got a lot more movement around the cockpit you can hit a step You're you know you do a hard pedal to get right up to step pull up the wheel pause push yourself over it and keep pedaling and you can do all that really naturally and move about a lot more yeah, when you're stand pedaling so that's probably a good context which surprises me that it's not more intuitive maybe that's something that just come does come with kind of practice a lot actually
1: yeah I would say so i th- I think quite a few people, especially beginners, are a bit sort of reluctant to get out of the saddle sometimes yeah, because yeah. it can if you if you don't hold yourself up properly, it can kind of feel quite weird and yeah. you know the upper body's kind of going up and down everywhere, so I guess yeah. there is a bit of a technique to it but yeah. um but yeah exactly, I think it can really help on uh on Stuff where you're having to move the bike around underneath you and yeah. uh, maneuver yourself and maintain balance, I guess. So, yeah. you're moving the body and the bike around.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because it's you imagine, like, whenever you see kids cycling about, they're always standing up. <laughs> yeah, <they are. laughs> you might just watch the next step. Uh, eight-year-old, twelve-year-old that cycles by, they'll be standing up on their pedals. But it must just kind of uh, get battered out of us that you have to sit down and uh, spin your wheels to get up hills mm. and have it have your saddle at exactly the right height and all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose actually there's a good point. Like when you're coming downhill, I tend to put my saddle down because it gives you more maneuverability, mm-hmm. easier for the jumps, uh, downhills, all that kind of stuff. And you're going to end up stand pedaling and downhills to accelerate because yeah. it's hard to, well, you don't get half as much power Sit pedaling while your saddle's really low.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's uh, it's always, it's, it's going to be a rougher ride for sure if you're <laughs> setting the saddle on there on most stuff. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Anything else to add there, Tom, or do you think we've covered it? No, I think I think they're the key sort of uh,
1: benefits to uh, to standing on the pedals, um, just to e- yeah ease the lower back and uh, work different muscles, as well as just have that boost of power that yeah. you can um, you know you can leverage the bike with your with your arms as well as put more kind of of your body weight into the pedals. I think yeah, they're yeah. the uh, they're the key ones.
0: Actually, just to be fair, should we say the ben- a benefit of sit pedaling the one the main benefit I would imagine of sit pedaling is that it's more efficient maybe and it's more yeah I would more, say so more even yeah. it gives you more traction is that is that about
1: yeah I think generally I think I mean if you want to be the most efficient um, generally speaking you'll want to be sat in the saddle sort mm-hmm. of most of the time mm-hmm. and then like we've said is just use the sort of standing pedaling in those situations where it will yeah. it will be beneficial but yes yeah. um, yeah, sitting in the saddle maintaining a good cadence and um and making sure that your you know your position on the as uh, sitting on the saddle and yeah. and your your sort of position as you, as you sat there on the bike is good um that's going to yeah. be generally the most
0: efficient way yeah. to, to ride yeah. circles yeah
1: yeah, and pedaling circles and all that sort of
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. No worries. i think covers of them. Okay. Well, if you want the show notes, uh, review everything we've talked about today, look up the resource we've mentioned, pop over to mountainbikesapart.com com forward slash 311 for episode 11 of series 3 that's mountainbikespark.com forward slash 311 you'll find everything there and as always uh, it'd be great to get your feedback any questions you have that was a question from James Long wasn't it Benjamin Benjamin Lung oh, well, well remember Tom I'm uh, masquering this just now uh, Benjamin Lung thanks for that question Benjamin uh, if you want to ask something similar for Tom and I to talk through send it over to Colin at mountainbikesapart.com or if it's a nice brief one like Benjamin there tweet it over to the podcast host which is what you can find me on on Twitter righty, that'll do it for this week you get an exciting one for the rest of the week Tom what's uh, what's going down this week?
1: Uh, I was actually going to I was thinking about doing a race this weekend just a, just a regional one um, but I have decided not to uh, <laughs> so I'll just be uh, just be riding as usual yeah. um, I, th- I feel like I've got something uh Nice to look forward to non-bike related, but I can't bring it to mind right now. So hopefully I do, <laughs> and I'm uh, doing something, doing something nice of the weekend. But yes. uh, yeah, hope so.
0: Well, I hope your non-biking related nice thing goes well, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for spending time with us, dear listener. Thank you for coming along, listening again. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Until then, keep on mountain biking. Cheers. Catch you soon.